Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What is going on, everybody? Jason Wright here with another fantastic episode of the podcast. This happens to be episode number 172. We're starting to get up there a little bit. Starting to get up there indeed. And this is yet another show without my trusty co-host, Brandy Montambo. Where has Brandy gone? Where is she? I know she is listening to this laughing right now, planning her return, which will be much sooner than you think, but perhaps not soon enough. Anyway, um, this episode is brought to you by Funnel Building for Profit. I'm having a lot of fun with Funnel Building for Profit. If you've ever wanted to learn how to build funnels for your business, or better yet, for other people's businesses as a means to supplement or fully support your income, you should check this out. I've just opened up a new free Facebook group so you can take advantage of the momentum and the learning and all the cool things we're doing there as well. To get the three free videos to get started and access to the Facebook group, just go to funnelbuildingforprofit.com. So today I am talking to a truly awesome guest, and I can be honest and say that this is one of the most fun interviews or conversations that I've ever done. Um, I speak to um, a good buddy of mine today, which we will explore in a moment, but I just want to say, if you've been listening for a while, thank you. If this is the first time you've ever listened, thank you. Hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's check out my interview with Garland. What's going on, everybody? Jason right here with another guest. Um, I've got Garland Vance with me this week. Uh, Let me tell you what I know about Garland. He is an author. He is a speaker. He is a consultant. He is the co-founder of Advanced Leadership. And when he's not talking to awesome people like me and working on his craft, he enjoys reading, walking, um, watching movies, drinking coffee, hiking in eastern Tennessee, among other things. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, glad to be here, Jason. Thanks for having me. No problem. When I saw Eastern Tennessee and coffee, I was like, my kind of guy right there. There you go. And when you combine them together, right, hiking in East Tennessee with a cup of coffee, it's the best. Absolutely. You know, my wife and I, uh, this is, my daughter is just a baby. So this must have been about six or seven years ago. I said, hey, Carmen, let's let's go down to Eastern Tennessee. It's really close. It's like four hours away and it'll be great. She's like, okay. It was like eight hours away. I don't know where I came up with that, but we got lost and there was uh, um, like no reception. So I didn't have a GPS. We got in this real heavy fog and we're like this little mountain town. And I'm like, where are we? And we ended up, uh, I think, wandering into Fit Pigeon Forge or something like that. But we eventually found it. And we were only there for like one night. And, you know, we were like, if we could do this again, not if, but when, we've got to stay for more than one night. So it was two long days and, uh, Beautiful country, though. Something yeah. about that uh, bluegrass music and uh, just the fog of the mountains. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it really opens up your your perspective and, and really opens up your soul in a lot of ways. It's a great place to live. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. Um, tell us about your business and what you do. Yeah, so uh, my wife and I formed Advanced Leadership uh, just a couple of years ago, and uh, we did it to work with uh, overwhelmed influencers 
uh, to help them live and lead with purpose, productivity, and peace. And uh, what we began to discover is that a lot of leaders concentrate uh, only on their business or only on their nonprofit. And, uh, and we love that. That's great. But they're uh, often forgetting about their own growth and development in the midst of that. And if they forget about their own growth, eventually they're going to forget about their organization's growth as well. Because as the leader goes, so goes the rest of the organization. And so we started this to help them uh, discover what their purpose is and how to uh, live out that purpose and then translate that into their organization. How do they, uh, they turn that into business metrics uh, to learn how to become more productive, how to get more done in less time. Uh, and really the catalyst for it was, uh, was this idea of peace. What does it look like for a leader to live a life where uh, they're not uh, stressed, exhausted, and overwhelmed all the time, uh, but instead they've got a sense of, of peace and calm to their life that translates to the entire organization and that it helps them get better results and build better relationships. That's beautiful. So what I hear you saying is people need balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're going to have times where life is a little bit more chaotic, but it seems to be the norm that people just live in this world and state of chaos all the time. And uh, we weren't designed to live that way. And uh, eventually we'll crash. That. Absolutely. And this is, uh, I've got an example of something that just popped in my head and it, it seems a little like a downer at first, but I promise it's not. So I recently <laughs> attended a funeral and the thing I notice about funerals or even weddings, but probably more funerals than anything is it's amazing how many people find time to go to those. Yeah. You know, everybody you talk to, it's almost funny. If you go talk to five people today, just say, how you doing? Four out of five, if not all of them are going to say, I'm so busy. Everybody wants you to know how busy they are. And it's funny because it's like, we all have the same amount of time in a day, but even though we may not want to admit it, you know, we choose where we spend that time. You know, when there's that funeral of that loved one or that friend, it's funny how that becomes a priority. And funny it's the wrong word, but it's interesting how that becomes a priority and everything else that was so important and now, you know, gets in line. So, uh, super interesting. Yeah, you're, you are absolutely right. Uh, busyness is, uh, that's the standard answer. And yet somehow we find time for uh, those things that are really important to us and, and closure is important to us. Kind of on the other end of the spectrum uh, yesterday. So I've got next door neighbors moving out. Um, let's see, today's Wednesday. So it should be gone Sunday and she's by herself and she's older. So I've been helping her a lot, like heavy lifting and ideas and just been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of work. It's been there 15 years and she's downsizing. And my wife's like, man, you're giving her a, a lot of help. And I've been, I've had a bathroom that's down for one year, you know, that you've been remodeling. And I was like, has it really been a year? She said, it's really been a year. And here's what's sad about that. I have everything I need to finish that bathroom. Mm. So I guess what I'm admitting out loud on the air is I just don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> like, I have the toilet, the flooring. We actually have a second bathroom with no sink because I replaced it as well. And I just need to hook up the pipes and I haven't done that. It's been like two mm. months. So, Man. sounds you, like I need to get those projects not, done. My wife will not tolerate this for very long. <laughs> no, no, I better get those done. So, it's priorities. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. beautiful. Um, you and I have talked before on the show and, and had a uh, great conversation there as well. I'd love to explore uh, the word busyness with you. What does that mean and why are so many people kind of a victim to that? 
Yeah. So uh, let me do a little shameless uh, plug here to kind of go for it. Why we're talking about this. So uh, I'm the author of the forthcoming book, Getting Unbusy. And I apologize for this big, ugly gray streak across the title that just says proof copies. So this nice. is. Uh, it hasn't been uh, released yet. It's coming out August 19th. But uh, beautiful I'm the author of, uh, of this book, Getting Unbusy, uh, and it's five steps to kill busyness so that you can live and lead with purpose, productivity, and peace. And uh, th that word in the subtitle, uh, five steps to kill busyness, is really intentionally chosen because I have come to believe and see from both science and experience that if we don't kill busyness, it's going to kill us. Um, and so what busyness is, uh, to answer your question, right, to get back mm -hmm. to that original question, busyness is an overcommitment to too many good commitments. So we live in this really cool uh, but, but challenging time in the world. Uh, like if you go back uh, 50 years, 100 years, people didn't have the number of opportunities that we have today. Uh, I remember when I was growing up 30 years ago in North Carolina, uh, I was taking piano lessons and I was on the soccer team and on the basketball team and I was in theater, but I really wanted to take karate. But there was only one karate studio in all of Western North Carolina that I could find. And a couple of years ago, we were living in Texas and uh, I started looking into karate lessons for our family. And there were 38 karate studios within half a mile of our house. And so like, we just live in this. And so of course, Whoa. if I was gonna take karate, if we were gonna do that, I had to do all of the research. So we just live in this, this incredible time in the world where we have more opportunity to do things that we love to do at work, at home, at play, and yet, our time is the same as it has always been. So the opportunities have increased, but the capacity has not. And so what we begin to do is cram our lives full of really good commitments, but we cram them so full that we don't have the capacity to handle them all. We have overlapping commitments and we don't have the, the mental and the emotional margin to do them very well. Uh, so, so busyness, yeah, an overcommitment to too many good commitments. You know, it's when I was listening to you talk, and I love everything you just said, uh, almost the kiss of death for a new entrepreneur a lot of time is that busyness. You know, I, I actually... I'm thinking about somebody right now, but, and I see this all the time, but it, it's saddening and frustrating for me to see a new entrepreneur that needs to be focused on generating revenue. You know, whatever your business is or your service, um, you need to actually have revenue to sustain that, but they're focused on all the wrong things. Yeah. I've got to get the, the blue in my brand a different color. It's not resonating with me. Like what? That's, I used to do that. You know, I used to focus on all the shiny stuff that didn't matter and I didn't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was paying people on my team with credit cards and I was like, I have no, no income. But once I figured out where my value was and I started making money, then I was like, okay, that kind of needs to be the focus because if I'm not focusing on the income streams, how are they going to grow? How am I going to get better? How am I going to increase those? So yeah, people, especially brand new in business or early in business, uh, that shiny object syndrome can keep you real busy, but keep you real broke too, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and they're all good, right? Fixing that shade of blue. That's a, that's, that's a good commitment. It's just not the right commitment. For yep. right. So interesting, um, kind of with your passion and your knowledge on busyness, what got you started in uh, becoming interested in this? What attracted you to, to, attracted you to this, uh, this focus here? 
Yeah. So I, I really had two, what I would call uh, pivotal experiences that, that led to this. The, the first was um, around 2010, 2011, I started noticing that people were talking about how busy they were. You know, yeah, I would say, hey, how you doing? And people would respond, oh, I'm good. I'm just really busy. And what I found is I was getting really upset with them because <laughs> my so much more than their business was. Yeah. It just kind of became this competition. So yep. I, I could look at them and, and at the time I could say, hey, I'm working 60 hours a week leading a nonprofit. I'm, uh, I just started a doctoral program. Uh, I have three kids uh, at home. One of those is a baby. I'm helping our church start new programs. I travel 60 days a year. Uh, you know, I mean, and I could look at all of these, these things and I, I just wanted to look them in the eye and be like, you think you're busy? I'm busy. And I, I began to resent people for having that answer or at least turn it into a competition. So that was kind of the first time where I started noticing it, where I was like, you're not as busy as I am. And then the second is uh, I had a doctor's appointment with uh, Dr. Tate. I was living in Georgia at the time, and I was having some, uh, some pretty serious physical problems. I was having uh, chronic migraine headaches, about three headaches a week that were, mm. you know, come home, go to bed, sleep yep. the next day. I was having um, a, a racing heart. Like I'd be sitting at my desk working on email, and all of a sudden my heart would start racing. Uh, I was having... Uh, forgetfulness where uh, my wife and I would have a conversation and I would just completely blank on it, which I, I did find out wasn't an actual issue. It's, it's called being a man, but it's, but I, you know, I was, I was really concerned about it and I went to the doctor <laughs> and was like, um, Hey, what's going on? And he started doing some digging and, and asked about my life. And I was talking about the 60 hour work weeks and the doctoral work and, and all that. And, and he said, Garland, what's wrong with you is you're stressed out. And, and I got frustrated with him and yeah. said, I don't, I don't feel stressed out. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, but your head does, you're getting three migraines a week. You're, you know, you, you're experiencing stress. And so I said to him, well, why would I be so stressed out? And he said, because you're busy. Uh, and I, I looked at him and I said, yeah, but, but Dr. Tate, everybody's busy. And he shook his head and he said, you're right. And it's killing us all. And, uh, and I thought that was a little bit of an overstatement. And so since I was working on a doctorate, I was like, I'm going to start doing a little bit of research around busyness and mm -hmm. found out all of the physical and emotional and mental challenges, the challenges it poses to our productivity and even the effects that it has on entire organizations. And, uh, and so it was in the midst of doing that that I en ended up switching my entire doctoral focus to concentrate on busyness and its effect on leaders. And the idea was um, I'm going to deal with my own busyness. And at the same time, I'm going to figure out how to help others deal with this because it, it's bad and, uh, and it's going to catch up to us one day. So, you know, what's really interesting about that is one of the things I struggle with the most is I have a whiteboard kind of down in front of me and I've got, um, a quicker version of that on some paper next to me. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll modify the plan, but I'll set a, like a goal every day of like, I want to get this stuff knocked out, you know, with these projects or these retainer clients, whatever. And I'm really good about saying, I'm going to get this stuff done. But what happens in my world and everybody's world, I'm not special in this regard. A million other things come into my day that I can't foresee or plan or prevent. Yeah. Uh, like you have got kids, I've got another business, we've got, everybody's got stuff going on. So the problem that I used to have, and I'm getting better at this, 
is I would stay up till two, three, four in the morning trying to check those boxes because I was like, that was my goal. I want to get it done. But at a certain point, like you said, I started developing this eye twitch and it would get so intense that I literally could not see out of my eye. Now it wasn't blurry vision, but my eyelid would cover my eye and twitch. And I was like, I can't control it. And it was so frustrating. I was like, really? Like, I feel fine. I'm getting mad. I'm about to cut my eyelid off, but <laughs> like, this is ridiculous, but it's not like my personality. It's not fun to admit that I have limitations, Yeah, you know? And for me, I overpromise and under deliver not on my product or my service, but sometimes on my timeline because I can't control it. I yeah. can't get stuff done any faster than I can get stuff done. And saying that out loud and accepting that is probably the most liberating thing in the world. Like yeah. last night, there was uh, five items I wanted to get done before bed. And at 1 a.m., my wife's like, it's time for bed. And I was like, it is. Like, I could stay up another hour. I might get one done at 50% of my capacity. What's the point? Right. Going to go to bed. Because when you wake up refreshed, it's like, you know, me at 100% is way better than me at, you know, 70 or 20 you know, when I used to be in the corporate world, I would wake up daily face down on my keyboard from exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I would work until I passed out. And eventually I got out of corporate America, but I had to scale that back because you, you can't, nobody can sustain that. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can't. And the, what the research has shown is that uh, a person can sustain a 70 hour work week for about five years. Now, the first year of that is going to be highly productive. Yep. The second, third, and fourth year is going to begin to dip a little bit. And by the fifth year, they've probably done so much physical damage to themselves that they're, they're going to crash, you know. And, and it was just a few weeks ago that the World Health Organization uh, designated workplace burnout as an actual condition that people are beginning to, not beginning to experience, they've been experiencing it long enough where the World Health Organization was like, wow, something is actually wrong here, that people are burning out. Uh, at work. And so, you know, your experience isn't, isn't unusual. Yep. What's really cool about this. So I used to work in the trucking industry. I worked in um, human resources and safety for uh, two different big, really well-known trucking companies in the trucking industry. It's great because there's this old school competition among management who can work the most hours in the week. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So I remember talking to a guy one week and he was like, Hey, I'm at 90 hours this week. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, I, I, and he just kind of looked at me and he went to answer and he kind of stopped and you could just see it in his eyes that he was like, oh my God, I'm not doing, I'm not doing anything. Wow. Like you're sitting at your desk. Like after everybody leaves, let's say at five o'clock, the, the office clears out and the road drivers are on the road and the city drivers are kind of getting back. What are you doing? Yeah. You're sitting in your office, but what are you actually doing? I'll tell you what you're not doing. You're not at home with your baby and your wife. And that was this one person's uh, situation, but people would compete about hours. And I would even say like after 10 hours, like I can tell that I start to just become a shell of who I was at the beginning of the day. So is it even really worth it? You know, if you're paid salary, why are you counting your hours? It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. Yeah, I was actually coaching with a pastor recently who was having, you know, he he had this mentality that the church pays me, they need to see me available. And so he was working about 70 hours a week and he was the senior pastor. And so all the other pastors were following suit. Yeah. And, 
And finally, you know, with him, I just said, hey, let me help you guys. Let's figure out a, a team results-based week that you're going after. So forget about hours. What are the results that you need to accomplish this week and that you can realistically do in 35 to 45 hours, somewhere in there? And let's just change the mentality where everybody identifies the results that they're going after. And some weeks, that's going to be a 35-hour week. And some weeks, that may be a 50-hour Yeah. But it's, let's get the results and, and figure out how we trim the fat so that we're not trying to get everything done all at one time. We just have so many. You know, I, I'm a type A personality, Jason, and I'm a go-getter. Uh, I, you know, started a business. Uh, wrote a book, right? Did a dissertation, you know, got the degrees, love, love spending time with my kids. Like I am a type A personality, but I've had to learn how to be a type A personality who can identify what is most important and then say no to all the other things. And it, man, it's still a challenge for me uh, at times, even, you know, even having written the book and and knowing the steps to, to do this, but it's, uh, but it's so critical uh, that we replace the way that I talk about it is we replace achievement for accomplishment An achievement is I got 15,000 steps in today and yep. accomplishment is, you know, but I, you know, achievement, I got 15,000 steps in, but I did it on a treadmill. I didn't actually get anywhere. I just got 15,000 steps in An accomplishment is, you know, I got 10,000 steps in today, but I walked all over Disney World in the process of it and had a great time. So accomplishment is what we're actually after. It's the results that we're after, not the activity. Yep. Beautiful. I have a feeling this might go down as one of the greatest podcasts on this channel of all time. This is good stuff, <laughs> man. I don't want it to end. <laughs> so let me ask you I this. Either. I love hanging out. <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, I'm going to kind of ask you a two-part question, but why is busyness so, I'm going to use the word dangerous for entrepreneurs and how do they reverse that process before it takes them to the twitching eyelid and the, the migraines yeah. and the dehabilitation? Because I can think of a dozen people in that, that rut right now heading towards absolute catastrophic failure. It's hard, you know, being a type A as well, it's hard to put that inner animal in its cage once in a while, but you yeah. know, this is kind of on a tangent, but it's embarrassing, but it is what it is. This is the first year in my daughter's life I've ever vacationed with her. Yeah. She's going to be nine in September. And we've gone to Wisconsin once, uh, to the western shore of Michigan once. We're going back to Wisconsin. Uh, we're going on a cruise this fall. It's like, you know what? I'm saying yes to experience now because yeah. at the end of your life, that's what people remember and what you remember is experience. And I will get to the stuff that I need to do when I get to it. Yeah. And I have to say that out loud about 50 times a day because I'm like, oh, no. So-and-so is going to be angry at me, but I can't please everybody at this moment all the time and neither can anybody. So you just have to do what you can do and force that balance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so first thing I would say to you is congratulations on taking some vacations with your daughter. Thanks. That, uh, you know, that, that is the stuff that, that life is really about is, is that time with the people that, that we love the most. Um, so uh, to answer your question, right, what is busyness doing to us? And I can talk physically, emotionally, relationally. I can talk uh, organizationally. I can talk productively. Let me just, let me hit just physical and then productive, you know, especially for, for entrepreneurs. So, so what does busyness do to us? So we, our bodies are designed to cope with stress, right? So when stress hits us, it kicks in these couple of chemicals 
uh, adrenaline, right, which is what gives us fight or flight response, and then cortisol. And cortisol helps us focus on what's directly in front of us, all right? So imagine that you're walking through the woods of East Tennessee, and you come across a bear. Uh, that's going to create stress, and that stress is going to re release adrenaline. Do I fight the bear? Do I run away from the bear? And it's going to release cortisol. And what cortisol does is increases your fear, and it makes you concentrate just on the bear that is directly in front of you, right? For, you're not thinking about your 10-year goals at that moment. You're thinking <laughs> about in front of you. That is all you care about. Oh, that's great. So adrenaline and cortisol are there to help us deal with the bear. But once we get away from the bear, we escape, then our body kicks in with something called the parasympathetic nervous system, and it washes all of that adrenaline and cortisol out of us. Uh, and that's uh, designed to help us recover. If you've ever, you know, run across a bear, you know, a couple of hours later, you're going to have this moment of exhaustion, and that's your parasympathetic nervous system. So this is what busyness does. Busyness introduces stress. And by the way, our bodies can't tell the difference between what's called what's bad stress, like distress, like I'm running across a bear, or good stress, what's known as eustress, uh, like I have an exciting project that I'm working on. Our bodies can't tell the difference in that. So busyness introduces stress. We've got a project, we've got a deadline, something's coming up, right? Got overlapping appointments. It introduces stress, it releases adrenaline and cortisol, but right when our body, once we deal with that stress, our body should wash all of those toxins out of us, but instead, we introduce another stress into our lives. We go straight into another appointment, another project, another, we don't give ourselves any time to recover. Well, the adrenaline and cortisol buildup that's in our lives has been tied to long-term devastating physical effects whether it's chronic migraine headaches and forgetfulness like I was having, higher suicide rates, um, you know, loss of libido, uh, major problems with uh, digestive issues, all of these problems are coming. So it's kind of like pay me now or pay me later. Either I'm going to take care of myself now and say no to a, a lot of, uh, of potential opportunities or give me two or three or four years and I'm going to hit a wall and I can't do anything else. So that's, that's what entrepreneurs are facing a lot of times is they're pushing themselves so hard that eventually they're going to hit a wall and it's going to affect their lives. It's going to affect their business. They're not going to deliver the results that they expect to, to deliver. And it's not just going to be a twitching eye. You know, eventually it's going to be, uh, and I've talked to so many leaders who have had this, it's going to be a crash, an absolute physical crash. Um, so, I mean, so that's some of the, the big problems. And, and then what, is a, what does an entrepreneur need to do about it? What does any person need to do about it? There's, there's five steps that, uh, sorry, it looked like four, but there's five steps that a person has to go through uh, to get unbusy, as I call it. Uh, and the first is you have to decide. You have to decide that it's not worth it, uh, that you can actually accomplish a lot more over the long haul if you do less in the short term, and it, it seems so counterintuitive, but you've really got to decide it's not worth it. Uh, the second step is you begin to deconstruct. You deconstruct some uh, inhibiting beliefs that keep you trapped in busyness, some bad habits that keep you trapped in busyness, like saying yes to everything. 
Uh, and then you begin to deconstruct unwanted commitments. And I actually have an exercise that I take people through where they typically get back about 10 hours a week um, off of commitments that they've made that they don't really want. Uh, so you, you decide, you deconstruct, all, all these steps start with D. Third step is you design. You begin to design the life you want to live, but you design it around what I call the core four. And the core four is relationships, uh, recreation, which is doing things that you love to do for the sheer sake of doing them, rest, like sleep, naps, things like that, uh, and then reflection. How do you look back so that you can look forward? Um, and what most people do is they try to cram those four into the nooks and crannies of their lives, but they don't have any nooks or crannies. And so uh, what, we, what I uh, recommend that people do is they actually build rest, relationships, recreation, and reflection first into their schedule and then design everything else around it. Then you, uh, after you design, you develop, and that's where you actually implement what you've designed. And then the final step is you draw others in. Um, and busyness can be, uh, or unbusyness can be a lonely experience if you don't begin to draw on your family, draw on your friends, and draw on your, your coworkers and your team. Um, so those are the five steps that, uh, that a person has to go through. Of course, there's lots of little steps uh, in the midst of that, but, but that's what a person needs to do in order to go from crazy busy to purposeful, productive, and peaceful. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, my next question is, um, this has been just full of gold, absolutely full of gold. If somebody listening is curious about getting that new book of yours, how do we go about doing that? Yeah, so the book will be released uh, August 19th, but you can go to gettinunbusybook.com. Uh, so that's getting no G on the end, gettinunbusybook.com. Uh, you can order the book there. You can also uh, download some free chapters, uh, even in advance, so that you can see uh, a little bit about uh, what's going on. I also have an assessment on there that I designed that can help you understand how busy are you and what might be the next steps to help you get unbusy. Very nice. And we will post links to um, that and all your stuff in the show notes for this as well, okay? Perfect. Sounds great. All right, man. Uh, Garland, I appreciate you being here. Great episode. Great talking with you. And uh, hopefully you come back and talk to us again in the future. I'd love that, Jason. Thanks for all that you're doing to intentionally inspire people like me who are business uh, owners and entrepreneurs and, uh, and your podcast listeners. Appreciate you so much, man. Yep, no problem. That was pure gold, brother. That was really good stuff. If you guys want to check out Garland's book and all the good stuff he's up to, you can go to our show notes at your convenience and do that, it's uh, intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 172. They will live there forever. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you like to watch, check this out on YouTube as well. And you will not uh, you will not get quite the same experience on YouTube, but it is a little different. So it's uh, the same me of the show, but you don't get this intro and this outro and this awesome music. So perhaps we should do something about that. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.